Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Yay! Thanks, people. Thank, thank you. Stay distance. Stay distance. Back away. Back now. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. There we right. go. Uh, let me load up All the right. chat buttons here. All right, here we go. We are yeah. If you good just tuned in, we are taking taking chat questions and everything on our uh, Facebook page in the chat box there, the comment box. Or on our blog talk radio page, you can go to the show page and there's a chat box already open, should be already open for you there. So uh, go ahead and post your comments and questions there. And uh, Ron is here to take it away. Well, actually, you know, Mike can say so. I, I guess I'll share the bad news with you. We had a guest scheduled tonight, Charlotte De, De Villers, I believe it's pronounced, of Rumbar Vineyards. She, they're located in Napa and the Sierra Foothills. She was in Charlotte, and she emailed me about a half hour before the show and said, it is pouring raining here. I can't hear anything. There's a whole bunch of people in the house because of sequestering, and I don't have any quiet, safe place to do it. I was going to go on the porch, but with the rain, it'd be too noisy. She said, we can try. I gave her the option of coming on next week. She can't do it next week. I gave her the option of the 14th, since we have a guest scheduled for the 7th of May. So she said the 14th will work well for her. So anyone out there who was tuning in to listen to Charlotte DeVillers from Ron Bauer Vineyards, she's not on tonight. She'll be on next well, three weeks, so uh, save the date. Three weeks from now, she'll she'll be on the program with us. So it gives us, like I told her, it gives us something to look forward to now. And I was looking forward to the conversation with her, but now it gives us three weeks to look forward to the conversation. Plus, we got another guest in between there, too. we got one coming up on the 14th. Uh, well, let me see who that is. Uh, I know, but... Was it the 14th or the 7th? I think you said the 7th. Oh, the 7th. You're right. You're right. The 7th. Uh, The 14th is her. Yeah, Yeah, the 7th is is her. So uh, Pope Valley is going to be on on the 7th. Uh, Dinah Hawkins is the owner and general manager is David Eckel. They're the owner of Viniculturist. Brother and sister. Uh, So uh, they will be on on May the 7th. And then uh, we've got Charlotte on the 14th. And then, who knows, we may have others coming up later in May. So 
we're getting guests because you all have been such great listeners out there and made us popular. We were listed in a couple of prestigious lists, and people saw those, and they're calling us because they want to be on the program. So thanks to you, we have guests, which is going to make it even better. It's going to mushroom out, and we'll have our own show on the Food Channel, all about wine. Mike and I will travel around the country visiting wineries. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, so because Charlotte was scheduled for tonight and you know, she got back. Awesome. Thank you, Ron. See you in three weeks. Okay, very good. Because Charlotte was scheduled for tonight, I did not do a whole lot of research into getting the program set up. I found out about 15 minutes before 7. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, sinuses. About 15 minutes before 7 that we weren't going to have a guest. So I will be scrambling and telling you stuff and looking for stuff while I'm doing this and everything else. And if I disappear like I did last week, then it won't be such a tragic thing to leave a guest in the middle and leave Mike hanging. So let's start out with Henry River Winery. I did get a an email from that. And let me preface this here. All the wineries are doing online ordering. A lot of them will ship. A lot of them are waiving their shipping. You can pick up at the wineries. It, they are all out there. They are all saying, me, me, come see me, come see me. I was just talking to my engineer, and I said, you know, if we still had the winery, uh, Florida State Winery was still in operation, we'd be panicking too. We would be out there sending out emails to everybody on our list and doing everything we can to try to generate people coming out. Tough time for wineries, a very tough time. And you can understand why. They don't have the flow of people that they normally do. People are afraid. They don't have the number of guests that buy the wines. They can't have their dinners. They can't have their events. All this stuff is is not available. So because of that, they do <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, again, uh, my sinus tonight is horrible. But they do have online ordering. A lot of them have free shipping, and a lot of them do. Uh, all of them do have pickup. I mean, don't think any of them is really just closed down because this time of year they're still out taking care of the vineyards and they're taking care of bringing in uh, stuff and doing everything they need to do to keep the vineyards running and to keep the winery running. So they are there. The only thing that's missing out of the whole equation is you. So. Get out there and help them out. Do what you can and try to patronize your local. And the more you patronize it, the better it is. Henry River Winery. They are one of them that we received an email from, but it wasn't just a we are open email. Give us a call or stop by. They have a couple new wine releases. They have a... Uh, red raspberry 
free order online for the red raspberry. And they have a berry, what is this? Berry, berry, licious. A berry, berry, licious. It's a, uh, another one this says on this, sweet blend of estate Carlos white muscadine and ERW blackberry wine. Uh, ERW, oh, I guess that's Henry River Winery, Blackberry Wine. Oh, my engineer just brought me my wine this evening. This will give me a chance to talk about this in a minute here, too. Uh, ooh, that looks looks good. So, Crafter from 100% Blackberries, Three Sheets to the Wind is another wine that they have. Sweet blend of Carlos White Muscadine, Noble Red Muscadine, and Black Spanish Grapes. Another 100% estate growing wine. And Big U, or Fig U, Fig, F I G U E W E. Going, going, it's almost gone. Less than 20 bottles available in the 375 milliliter. So you can pre order the wines or you can have them ship or all sorts of stuff. Henry River Winery Giveaway, last chance to win a $20 gift certificate toward the Henry River Winery. Uh, last chance is today, the 23rd, so you need to get a hold of them right away. You can go to their website at henryriver.com, Henry River Vineyards, okay, Henry River Vineyards, and register to win. And their pickup hours Thursday through Saturday, noon to 6, Sunday 2 to 4, you can. They also have a list of where you can purchase and how you can purchase and all that good stuff. So they're located in North or in South Carolina, Newberry, South Carolina, uh, and their phone number eight zero three two seven six two eight five five or twenty eight fifty five and. Give them uh, a call if you're in that area and something. You can pick up some of their wines. They got a lot of neat wines there. Uh, I talked to the owner. He was down, and we had a we had a good conversation when he was down. That's where I first met him at the winery, and he's got a lot of wines. He says he just likes making wine. Every time he gets something new, he just makes a wine out of it. And that reminds me of of uh, livery and winery. What? Uh, I can't think of his first name. I just was thinking about it today, and I can't think of it now. But so, and we, I, I got other wineries that popped in, and, and most all of them say the same thing. Most all of them are saying, we are open. We are taking orders. You can pick up. We can ship all that. So, again, remind you, go to your local wineries or contact them, order, pick it up. They will work with you any way and every way that they can. They need the sales and everything is continuing operating and they just can't stop in the middle of all that and do it. Okay, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, documenting the art of winemaking. I saw this little thing. New Zealand-based winery Villa Marie has teamed up with American filmmaker Colin West of Wine Ram Productions to release Vintage, 
It's a feature-length documentary that tells a uniquely Kiwi story, capturing the incredible highs and heartbreaking lows of making world-class wine in New Zealand. Vintage is the name of the movie or documentary. Follows Villa Maria's chief winemaker, Nick Cohn, along with his team, including Stu Dudley, who is a Marlboro viticulturist, Ali Powry, who is a cheap viticulturist, and harvest intern Jess Marston. Told through the, their own unique lenses, the 68-minute film captures the unforeseen challenges, vastly varying climates, frost-filled mornings, and the 24-hour days of the 12-week harvest of 2019. Picon says, for the first time ever in New Zealand, a winery is capturing the entire vintage process, giving audiences a peek behind the curtain of an all-consuming harvest. You'll see the passion and hard work that goes into every bottle. Now, I don't know if this is available anywhere or when or anything. All it is is just just came out. This came out in the Beverly News that I just received a couple days ago. And it doesn't give any more information than that. The name of it is Vintage uh, Villa Maria, I guess, is the full title. But, you know, Vintage is the name of it. It's a documentary. And, uh, well, I, you know, again, I'm slacking a little bit here because I was going to see if I couldn't find it somewhere to tell you about it. And then I didn't have a guess, so I didn't get the opportunity to look and see if it was on YouTube or any place. I don't know. But it is out there. Sounds like a good documentary. It sounds like it would be something that would be really, really interesting. So if you think about it, check YouTube, check different places, see where you might be able to find it. It doesn't say here. And then you can... uh, Checked out 63 or uh, 68 minutes, just a little over an hour or so. Uh, well, yeah, just a little over an hour. So, check that out. Adding variety, Apothic Wines. You've heard of that. It's a division of ENJ Gallo Winery. Announces first foray into a variety of wines. Apothic has always been like Apothic Red and Apothic White and different ones like that. They don't and haven't done varietal wines. They've came out with a limited edition release of a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. As an integral varietal in the Apothic Red Blend, which it is, is a big part of it, Apothic selected Cabernet, but with its own spin. Winemaker Deb Jurgensen created a fruit-forward Cabernet with a silky finish, the company says. With a suggested retail price of only $10.99 a bottle, the limited edition wine will be in stores nationwide until the bottles sell out. Sounds good. Apothic always puts out a great Apothic Red and Apothic White. Those are really outstanding wines. If you have not had the Apothic Red or the Apothic White, then you are giving yourself a disservice by not having the opportunity to taste them. So do that. And if you happen to see the Apothic Cabernet out there, then there's something else you can try. I'm sure I will as soon as I get an opportunity to find it on the shelves. I'm going to be giving it a try. Speaking of, 
Cabernet Sauvignon and tonight. This is what I've got. My engineer brought me is my Cabernet Sauvignon. This is a Robert Mondavi private selection Cabernet Sauvignon to California 2017. Now, what's Mondavi puts out great wines. He's there, and there's so many, so many different family ties with Robert Mondavi. Uh, this is just the Robert Mondavi label. It states, Robert Mondavi Private Selection was founded in 1994 by Robert Mondavi to capture the delicious flavors from California's best coastal vineyards. And that's why we're doing 20 years on. We invite you to experience our Cabernet Sauvignon. It says, smell, red berry and spice, taste, cherry, blackberry, vanilla, Pair it with grilled steak or pastas. A Robert Mondavi quote, there is no secret great wine begins in the vineyard. Which is so true, so true, so true. Okay, let's let me do a taste test for you here. All right. It's got a nice purplish color. Oh, a nice, nice purplish edge to it, too. I always like to look at the edge of the wine to be sure it's not discolored or anything. It's got a nice purplish edge. Uh, rather dark purple, uh, not not a light color at all. Nice dark, and the aroma since it's been sitting in my glass for a little bit, I have been spinning it as I've been talking to try to open it up. When you first open a bottle of wine, a lot of times they close up on you to the point where you have to let it breathe, or I like to put it in the glass and just spin it in the glass, just swirl it in the glass which aerates it enough to open it up. Let's see what we got here. I'm getting some red berry. Light red berry. Red raspberry a little bit there. Not getting too much spice, though. The suggested spice. I'm not getting too much spice. But the red raspberry is coming out nicely, though, so that makes for a nice, a nice aroma there. Not overpowering. And let's see what the taste is. Always judge it on your second, never on your first. Never judge any wine on your first sip. Always do a second sip. That really is going to do it. Your first sip. Coats your mouth, fills your mouth, and prepares you for the second sip. Oh, that was nice. Okay. Just enough tannins to, to give that dryness in the mouth. Just just enough. It's not overpowering. It will probably age for a couple years, but I don't think it's really made to age. It's not going to hurt it if you buy it and stick it away and then forget about it for a couple of years and pull it out because it's going to still be nice, I think. Just enough tannins there. Not a lot of acid, which is surprising because Mondavi, I used to remember Mondavi used to come out with the acid in the wines often. And this isn't much acid at all on it. Uh, 2017 calves, so it's it's, you know, been, it doesn't say how it was aged or anything, but I'm sure it was aged for at least a year or so. Mandavi's always been 
pretty much of a stickler about putting his wines in oak. I had a chance to meet Robert Mondavi himself uh, many, many years ago at the winery. And a very humble man. Uh, we, we talked wine. I was really starting to get into wine at the time. I had an opportunity to meet him at the winery and talk with him. And it, it was the highlight of my early days of wine drinking. Still a highlight of my life now, knowing that I had the opportunity to meet him and talk with him. But this is a little low on acid. It's got a nice fruitiness, that dark fruit, that um, hint of cherry comes out, but black cherries, not a not a red cherry, but a black cherry, a little bit darker cherries. And a hint of that spiciness comes out in the taste. I never got it in the nose, but it definitely came out in the taste. The uh, the blueberry is there. I'm not getting vanilla though. I just I'm not picking up vanilla on it. They said it should be vanilla, but I'm not getting any. Even looking for it, I'm not picking up vanilla. But that's all right. Not everybody's going to pick up everything all the time. You need to remember that when you try wines. If you don't get it, that's okay. That's really the best thing about wine. Not everybody's tastes are the same. And so if something comes up that you're not getting, nothing wrong with you. It's just the fact that you're just not picking it up. So that's all there is to it. Uh, Very good. Very good wine. Okay. I think it was around twelve, thirteen dollars if I remember correctly. I don't think it was real expensive. I think that's one of the reasons why we grabbed it when we saw it, because for a Mandavi it wasn't real bad on the price. So moving on to something else here that we can talk about. Uh I just saw something, an email here. I hate to tell you to leave me, but if you're if you're listening to this tonight live, then there's something else you might want to jump over to and then come back and finish this up on archives. I noticed here that Wine Enthusiast is having a virtual wine tasting tonight, a live virtual wine tasting. They're going to virtually taste three wines from Castillo Bonfi, third-generation proprietor, Christina Moreno May, uh, and it's going to be live on Wine Enthusiast Instagram at 7:30. So you can check that out. Wine Enthusiast. Uh, let's see what I think. Wine Mag, I think is their email address. I'm not really sure, but I think it's Wine Mag. But it's going to be on uh, Instagram, Wine Enthusiast Instagram, 7.30 tonight, a virtual tasting. I joined one a week or so ago. They're fun. They're fun. So if you want to jump out and catch that, catch the rest of us on archives, you've got about seven minutes to get yourself hooked up to that. And it looks like they have a Chianti Classico, a Pinot Grigio and a rosé that they're tasting. So 
those are fun. So if you want, check that out and join us on archives. Uh, okay. Packaging innovations that became an important solution for beverage makers in established categories. And we may be talking to a, a label company here in a couple of weeks, too, that does labels for wine. That should be fun. The wine market is no different. In an attempt to shatter the stigma associated with bag and box or bagged wines, some wine brands have taken an innovative approach to the vessel for this type of wine packaging. Vessel being in quotes. According to an article by Washington, D.C.-based National Public Radio, titled No More Shame, Box Wine Now Con Comes in High-End Fashion Purse. The idea for a wine purse originated nearly a decade ago in Sweden. Now, if I may interject on this, we talked about a wine purse. We talked about this, it must have been five, six, seven years ago. Talked about the purse that you can carry around that has a spigot on it, and you fill it full of wine, and you carry your purse around, and you have your your glass, you just put it underneath it, and it's filled up with the, from the purse, and you're good to go. But this goes on to say, that's where luxury wine expert Takis Soldatos and bag designer Sophia Bloomberg teamed up to create the Vernissage. No, no, it's not. It's, you know, I was just corrected by my engineer, but she's reading it. Or she's, you know, it's not Versace. It's Vernissage, V-E-R-N-I-S-S-A-G-E, Vernissage brand, a wine in a purse constructed of cardboard and plastic, available in Europe, China, Japan, and the United States. However, with sustainability as a key concern for wine brands targeting eco-conscious customers, these cardboard and plastic packages present an issue. Yet, new iterations of reusable luxury quality wine bags are emerging. For instance, Porto Vino has created a wine purse with an insulated pouch for keeping wine cool and a discreet snap-closed opening for a wine spout to make transporting the package easier. Made of vegan leather and lined with a soft cotton interior, Porto Vino's bags can hold one or two bottles of wine in their included pouch or are compatible with other bagged or BIB wines, bag in a box. Porto Vino's bags are available for wholesale and on portovino.com, P-O-R-T-O-V-I-N-O.com, creating a unique bundling opportunity for wine retailers because any bottled wine can be poured into Porto Vino's pouch. Porto Vino co-owner, Marissa China notes that the company is in discussions with a bagged wine brand, but also says to stay tuned for new developments. There you go. We talked about this. We talked about this purse, this wine purse. Uh, there's a company that was offering it, and for the life of me, I can't remember. I, But there was a company that was offering wine purses, uh, 
what, five, six years ago, seven years ago. We talked about it. We talked about what they had, what was available and all that. And we thought it was a great idea, but I know no one who ever bought it. So, but it is available again now. They got it out there again. Just in time for summer and social distancing so you don't have to be around people, but you still got your bottle or two of wine in your purse. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, in the recent issue of Wine Spectator, I don't know if you get Wine Spectator or not, but I'm going to plagiarize the last page of this and read you some articles here, simply because these are interesting little tidbit things that you may find it, and not everyone gets Wine Spectator. They can get expensive. I think it's $59 a year for Wine Spectator. It does get a little expensive. But, you know, it's a business expense. Prosecco Police tried to decline sparkling wine ATM. Now, that sounds interesting. When Vegabond Wines opened up a bar in an old bank space in London, they decided to set up an automated Prosecco machine outside to dispense bubbly to passerbys. Hmm. But the APM's unorthodox packaging earned an error message according to Italian authorities' strict guidelines. The Prosecco police, which I referred to the Regional Wine Consortium, which Prosecco is the, the you know, they got the, the name title on it, very quickly and aggressively sent us a cease and desist with all sorts of malicious threats, the bar's managing director told us. At press time, it had become simply an automated bubbles machine. And that's what it says, Vegabond. Uh, oh, Bane of bubbles? Yeah. Bane, Bane of bubbles. It's Vegabond. Um, it depends it, a little spigot out in front, and you put your credit card in, you punch in what you Put your glass underneath. I don't see anywhere where it dispenses glasses, but hey, what a unique idea. Can't call it the Prosecco machine, but they can call it a bubbly machine. Again, the rules and laws and all that. Ten-foot-tall bottle erupts in enormous red wine flood. Now, this one, I just, I cried after I read this. This says... The 1,590-liter, 2.6-ton, 9.8-foot Uber bottle had been the proud, record-breaking centerpiece of the dining room at Ingo Wang Fu, a Chinese restaurant in the Australian town of uh, Lustenau. But... Recently, its contents threatened to become a record-breaking red wine spill after the behemoth became, began leaking profusely. Over 200 liters to the floor in short order. It was an emergency demanding no fewer than six local firemen who arrived with sandbags, food hoses, pressurized tanks, an industrial duty spiral auger drill, 
in a violent mission to try to save the remaining wine. No word here if they did or not, so I don't know. But it said that the fire department came in and did their thing. So I wish they'd known if it were if the rest of it were saved or if they lost or what happened. It doesn't doesn't say so here. Okay. After 2,500 years underwater, winemaking technique revived. We've talked about the underwater technique of wine. It was something that we have had on the show. We've talked about it on the show. And it was an interesting concept. And there was a couple of wineries, a couple of people that was going to do it again. They were going to put wine underwater. It used to be popular in the Roman times. It says here, what kind of wine were Roman big timers? From Pliny the Elder to Julius Caesar himself, knocking back, back in the day. It was strong, it was sweet, and it just might have been salty. A team of researchers recently presented evidence that some of the most prized wines of antiquity were made from grapes submerged in baskets in the Mediterranean before crush. A 2,500-year-old technique for flavoring and washing the grapes. Winemaker Antonio uh, Argehi got word of it and decided to set aside a few bunches for an experiment. Quote, at the end of a conference where the lead researcher spoke about this old Greek wine, I approached him, Argari told us. He told me that nobody has tried to repeat this experiment in 2,500 years, and I told him, I'll do it on Elba Island. And our adventure started. End quote. The five-day sea bath, 10 meters below the surface, was no lark. Soaking the grapes removed the waxy bloom that develops on their skins, which allowed them to sun-dry more quickly before crush, preserving some fresh flavors and aromas in the wine. After land aging for a year, the inaugural 2018 vintage called Nessos produced 40 bottles. No word on how it tasted, but 40 bottles, that's what they do. They age them under the water. And that's interesting. I We read, I read something about the bottles being filled and put under the sea for aging purposes. I don't remember talking about just the grapes. So something even newer there. Wine thieves bust open a cellar and still a quarter of a million dollars worth of DRC. And DRC, well, got me at a loss here. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Two recent cellar burglaries have shaken the Copenhagen restaurant world with thieves listing dozens of rare deep wine treasures. Mission starred Femel B was the victim of the bigger heist with its 3,000 bottle cellar was literally broken into via an aqueduct. Oh, I'm sorry, being, I read that completely wrong. Was literally broken into via an adjacent wine shop. 
The thieves hammered through a brick wall and stole 63 bottles worth between $200,000 and $250,000. Restaurant co-owner Rune Jockumson told us it seemed like the handiwork of pros. They didn't break anything or crash bottles, so they were not idiots in that way, he added, that the robbery was only specific to DRC. Okay, that's uh, the uh, French area. Leroy Ligger Baller and uh, Premier Crew Cross uh, Parentu. So, $250,000 in 63 bottles of French wine through a wall in a restaurant. Wow. Okay, that's what I wanted to tell you there. Let's see if I have something in my book here, too. Again, I apologize for my lack of preparedness tonight. I thought I have um, I have something if you want to I sure. can play this well, while you're looking up something, but uh, this is sure. the 60-second trailer for uh, Vintage by Villa Maria. Oh, this is uh, available good. on YouTube. And it was released apparently in February, and it's available oh, wow. on iTunes, uh, uh, Amazon Prime, I think, uh, Vimeo, and a couple of other sources. It's international, so I'll see what this sounds like. I have not heard this yet, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's it's from them, so it should be. I don't know if it's a lot of sound effects, but uh, here we go. We'll try this. See if it's on there. There we go. I can hear it. All right. Can you I hear can. it? Yes. Okay. Yes, Hopefully it's more than this. Well, <laughs> vintage is an adventure. Like every year is different. Vintage is insanely busy. Mine's a real mixture of a bit of art and then a lot of hard work. You're away from family. You're running yourself ragged. Uh, stress levels can be high. We work hard in this industry. You know, we work long hours to the point of exhaustion, and sometimes you wonder, is it worth it? And that's quite a special moment, is taking the cap off and pouring that first glass of that wine. For me, wine just brings everything together. Okay. Uh, Very good. Anyway, All right. It, uh... Yeah, it uh, tells the story, like you said, of uh, a, a unique Kiwi story capturing the incredible highs and heartbreaking lows of making world-class wine in New Zealand. And uh, it is available worldwide on iTunes, Google Play, Vimeo On Demand, uh, Som TV, and Amazon Prime, and uh, Three Now, or yeah, Three Now on in New Zealand. So that's available. Um this other one, I have. Oh, uh, update for you. The uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, XXL format bottle uh, from uh, what you were talking about. The uh, wine the spill, red wine spill. Yep. Right. Uh, valid. It was valued at a hundred and eleven thousand uh, dollars. The good wow. news is thirteen hundred and sixty one thousand three hundred and sixty liters of wine were pumped into storage barrels. And after testing, it was deemed fit for consumption. So they did manage oh. to save 1,360 liters. I don't know if this is in French or what, but uh, 
Let me see if this will play. But uh, this is on Vimeo, too. So oh. Hopefully it's in English. <laughs> is it just a video? I mean, uh, those are titles flashing across the screen. <laughs> they show the process of them uh, loading and unloading. So it's kind of... Oh. Uh, it doesn't look like there's talking in this yet so far. Let me see if I can skip ahead here. Nope. Nothing. No, no I thought somebody would report it and say, oh, by the way, you know, we loaded this. It, yeah. It just shows them uh, loading it into crates and, uh, you know, I guess after the spill and everything, but it's all documented online. So uh, that's also on there. But, yeah, I did uh, go further into it, and they did talk about the uh, fire department, and um, they used um, – Food safe hoses and uh, put it into storage barrels pressurized with nitrogen, uh, then cleaned up the puddle. Um, three hours after the firemen were called, the situation had um, been resolved. So, wow, there you go. And the barrels were rescued. So, there you go. Yeah. Wow, within three hours, they did it. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, didn't, I didn't see a follow like Normally, I would follow up on a lot of these things and check it, but thank you, Mike, for doing that. Well, you that. Didn't, I, yeah. didn't have any time. I'm, I'm, yeah, didn't I didn't have any time. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's what I get the big bucks for. <laughs> that's why you, I pay you the big bucks to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I let you use okay. the All About Wine jet whenever you want to. Yeah. That's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah thank I, you. I know. Yeah, oh, sure. Thanks for taking care of stuff. Then. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see what we got here. Uh, crisis in Chablis. Uh, Chablis now is the Chardonnay coming out of France. But this article, which is dated a week ago this last Monday, so this is only about a week old, it says, spring when the vines sprout their first leaves is an uncertain time when late frost threatens to kill off early growth. And it said in the last four years, Chablis wine producers have had only one full grape harvest in 2018. In 2016, the vines were damaged by hail. In 2017, by frost. And last year, by frost and drought. And they had high hopes for this year. That was before coronavirus struck. And it says that the weather is not cooperating at all this year, even with coronavirus. It is... They are having a horrible weather. They have had frost. They've had, you know, with the droughts coming in and all that, uh, late frost. So the Chablis region is not doing well this year uh, or in the last four or five years. That's probably one of the reasons why the Chablis out of France continue to be so expensive because it is usually small harvest, so that could be a problem there. Uh, Here's an article. I haven't read it yet, but the headline on this article is How Small American Wineries Are Fighting to Survive the Crisis. (coughs) Excuse me. And I told you they all are fighting um this is a long article and i haven't read it yet i just saw it but it said that uh 60% of uh, 3000 or 30000 case business 
was through wholesalers, but as restaurants closed, that melted by half of this Oak Farm Vineyards and Lodi. Nearly all of the direct-to-customer DTC sales have been in his tasting room, and that is just a fraction of the revenue now, too. Uh, this is what they're doing. They're, they've dropped down to nothing on a lot of this stuff. A lot of wineries do sell directly to restaurants. Excuse me again. I really do have a bad sinus problem tonight. It calls in the nose to plug up and coughing and everything. Napa Valley came into the crisis already bruised with China retelling, I'm sorry, China retaliating against the Trump administration's tariff. Total U.S. wine sales to China fell from a high of 81.5 million in 2016 to only 39 million in 2019. Responsible for 95% of all U.S. wine exports, Napa was hardest hit. And they did. I remember reading something where Napa was ecstatic that they were shipping so much to China because it was increasing their sales tremendously. California wine altogether have been experiencing a slump, perhaps a corrective to overproduction and overpricing, but often blamed on millennials' refusal to drink enough wine, which I thought that line was interesting. I just saw that, and I had to read that. Millennials, you need to drink more wine. Business is tourism first in the wine business. And whenever you shut down the tasting rooms, that just absolutely kills us. Uh, a Monticello wine trail, Virginia's Monticello wine trail president, George Hudson Hodson, said, right now we are gearing up for a busy time in tasting rooms. Often sales are put back into production as we head into growing season and balling. But not having the income is causing the wineries to make tough operational decisions. Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Direct-to-customer sales have been slowing way down. The challenge is, what are you eligible for? Paycheck protection grants, loan deferrals, all this stuff is being affected, too. They don't know what they're eligible for, even with the money going out to small businesses. Uh, Morgan McLaughlin, executive director of the Willamette Valley Wineries Association, says, what's so sad is that at the beginning of the year, Oregon was a bright spot in the industry. We were overperforming in the direct-to-customer department. Small producers are suffering. Uh, channels have dried up. Both wineries and small distributors are struggling. For big wholesalers, on-premise is less important, but for wholesalers like the small ones, restaurants represent up to 80% of business. This is from Merritt Olson of Oregon's Mitchell Wine Group. Uh, they're a distributor. I, this, it, you know, I, it goes on and on in this article. I'm seeing paragraph after paragraph. They're talking to different people. Uh, one Sam Barron, winemaker at Sonoma's Kvlivestad Cellars, says we canceled future bottlings. I called my growers and said we're not going to do right by you. 
at the expense of going under. So we want to work with you to figure it out. We can't just buy fruit if we have a whole back vintage to sell. We don't have the money to float it. And this is a problem that a lot of them, you know, I mean, not just wineries, but growers out there, they, they're they stuck too with uh, nothing to do. Uh, another one, restaurants are marketing platform for every small winery that doesn't have a marketing team. When restaurants close down, there's wine being sold, but it's bigger, cheaper brands. Uh, the assumption is that there is a recession and people won't consume as much wine. But 2008 to 2010, people did buy wine, just less expensive. So there are opportunities for our less expensive programs. Leaning on direct-to-consumer, they're all pretty much looking at that. Uh, this whole section here, and I'm, again, it's a long article. I'm not going to read it, but... This whole section here is talking about direct consumer sales and how it has carried a lot of businesses, and they are now trying to carry that over and establish it. They've mailed out all their contacts, emailed all their contacts on their email list and all their wine club members and trying to increase sales to them. Uh, there's... Now, there's no way the wine is going to disappear as fast as it has, uh, but with the emails going out, they're hoping to increase sales and having people for a little extra money, say 50% discount on a second bottle, having them sell two bottles or, or receive two bottles instead of one. It is a, a sad story, this whole article goes on and on about how the landscape has changed so much and the direct direct to consumer laws are still affecting some wineries in different areas although just recently i saw something on freethegrapes.org that another state has opened up wine sales which is fantastic i mean it just continued to grow as it goes but it's still a, a a tough time for a lot of these wineries to try to ship to different areas to to expand their base so that they can sell more wines. Excuse me. Oh, geez. Some of the wineries. Here is one McRusty Winery donates $10 from each online order to No Kid Hungry. Kuvasan Winery is giving $5 to Restaurant Workers Community Foundation. And a lot of others are donating something to charities for every bottle that is bought to encourage people to buy wines so that they can help their bottom line and help a charity or something, which is, you know, it's a good idea. I think that's a great idea myself. Free shipping and home delivery has become mainstays. Winery associations and local bloggers feature running lists of the winery deals in their areas. And they're, this is, is a hard time for wineries. I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and this just emphasizes 
more. If there's any, if there's a theme to this show, it's the fact that you need to get wines. You need to support your local wineries. You need to get out there and give them as much support as you can because it is tough. It's tough on a winery right now. The, so many of them count on the people walking in the door. A lot of people, when I, we had the winery out, the Florida State Winery, a lot of people would drive by and see the sign and come in and buy a bottle, maybe two. We would have events. We would have uh, our festivals every month. If you have been listeners with us for a long time, every month we would have our wine festival. And Mike would read the list of our vendors that would be out there. And and we'd have tastings and vendors and entertainment and all sorts of stuff going on. That would stop now. That would not be possible. And the wineries that do that, it's not possible. And there's a lot of them that do stuff like that. We weren't the only ones. There were events all the time at wineries. Anything that they can do to try to generate foot traffic, they would. And that's what the key is. I mean, the business was to try to keep people coming in and happy and all that. We used to do fundraisers. We used to do a lot of fundraisers out there. That just would have stopped completely in this time so do what you can to help the winers this article here is just it's just how many the line here just how many of the nation's blossoming wine regions will weather this storm and that's the key to it how many is going to make it through this how many is going to actually survive the list of wineries in this country is a lot i've got my little book here with all the different wineries listed and all that and I, I, I'm i curious of what's going to happen in the new book, the one that comes out the beginning of next year, once they compile them. How many of these are going to go under? Wineries can survive fires. They can survive droughts. They can survive a lot of stuff, but they cannot survive no customers. And it is a tough thing, a tough time for these wineries. I know I'm preaching, but... I've been there. I know what it's like. When we had the oil spill, the BP oil spill, which, by the way, just celebrated the 10th year anniversary and it still messed up the ocean out there of the Gulf. But when the BP oil spill happened, it affected our business a lot. And we weren't on the coast or anything. It was just the concept that people thought we were in Florida and everything had oil. And so it affected our business. Hurricanes went through. That affected our business because when a hurricane hits Florida, the concept is that everything in Florida is blowed over. Well, you know, we, we know different. We know that's not true, but it's just the image. And now the image is that you can't go to wineries and you can't frequent them. So, therefore, you just sort of forget about it. And if your trip a week to the grocery store, you walk over to the wine section and you pick up a wine or two there, which is great, which is natural distribution, which is fine, and that helps those wineries. But your local ones are still hurting. Your local ones aren't always represented in your grocery shelves. So, please, get a hold of your local wineries. If you need wine to get you through for the next month, then contact your local winery and say, okay, you know, can you ship or can you deliver or something? There's always some way you can get their wines. They will be more than happy to work with you. Anything they can come up with 
as long as you're purchasing from them, they will be happy. So do what you can. Do what you can to support the local wineries. And, and it, this article here just it says that the business has really, really affected them. It's sad because most of the big guys will survive and the cool little detailed expressions of humanity and culture will suffer and many will disappear. And that's what's going to happen. A lot of the small ones. If we had the winery out there now, I, I don't know if we would have been able to survive this. It's it's just amazing how small businesses really do exist month to month. And you, you say you want to live off paycheck to paycheck. Well, that's how small businesses do. And wineries are one of those that really exist month to month. I've said if the government really wants to help people, don't send them a check, waive governmental fees for six months. That would do more than anything to help because government fees and wineries and stuff, the alcohol taxes and stuff can be burdensome. So if they waive those, then that would help tremendously. But they're not going to. They need their money, so they're not going to. Uh, actually, probably cheaper for them to do that than it would be for them to send out a check to them. So, coronavirus has created a massive shift in the alcohol supply chain. They're saying that hasn't been seen since prohibition because of the COVID-19. It's uh, costing the uh, consumers wearing gloves and restaurants and all that. Back to the same thing. Uh, DoorDash and Postmates is offering alcohol from restaurants in some states, but there's regulations that keep them from doing it. And so there's all these regulations are still in place. Online alcohol sales have jumped 291% in cities and states that allow for the restaurants and bars to offer delivery of alcohol. But not all of them do. It's uh, restrictions and all sorts of stuff that apply there. So, so a hmm. new world we live in now. Uh, but the, the, let me end, end with the fact of the appeal to support your local wineries. Let's keep them out there. I hate to see all these small ones. And there, I, there's. 90% of the wineries in this country are small ones. Not the great big ones you hear about, but the small ones. That's 90% of the wineries in this country are small ones. And actually, I've got my little Bible here, and I can actually give you the exact quotes of how many small wineries are in, are in this country. Uh, let's see. Number of wineries by annual case production. Limited production, 41%, very small, 39%, small, 17%, medium, 3%, and 1% of the winery's large production. 1%. So that just gives you an idea. Uh, large wineries, uh, half a million cases or more, 65 of them. Medium, 
262. Small wine use, that's 5,499,999,000 cases, or 49,992. Very small wineries. These are 1,000 to 5,000 cases. There is 3,685 of those. And limited production wineries, that's less than 1,000 cases a year, 3,830. So you're looking at uh, almost, you know, just shy of, uh, let's see, that's six, seven, eight, about 750,000 wineries that are in that category where they're small and they're struggling now to get through. So support them. Get out there, people. This is an appeal to you. It's great that you donate to places and all that, but you don't have to donate to small wineries. Just buy their wine, and that will work. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you had any follow-up or anything else to uh, update. Uh, we're just past 8 o'clock right now. Um, wow, I didn't know what I was going to talk about. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Yeah. There, there, I know there's a movement. I know there's a couple of uh, groups on Facebook, on social media. That um, there's one that I belong to uh, for for this part of Florida. That's a rally uh, for our restaurants or something like that. And yes. yeah, you know, someone too. will someone will post like, you know, where can I get ribs? Where can I get you know a hamburger at nine o'clock at night? Well, you can't now, but you know, all this stuff just to support the the local. Uh, and it's anything from a convenience store uh, where they cook inside a convenience store or a food truck that or not a food truck, but kind of like those those like there's a hot dog stand that was recommended outside a Home Depot. And I thought I never <laughs> thought about that because it's that Home That's Depot. True. You know? but, um, That's true. But they talk about all these restaurants that uh, many I've never heard from. And I tried a couple and, and I'm like, God, this is this is fantastic. And you know, I'm surprised the, the the wine industry hasn't come up with something like that, or maybe, maybe local winemakers where they could say, Hey, where can I get, you know, this particular, either a bottle or, or a flavor or taste or something. And someone, you know, can recommend that as well. But I know they're out there. There's just not, you know, it's not as prevalent as restaurants are, but uh, you know, there's, there's wineries here and we know, you know, blueberry, blueberry wineries or, or I know there's, there's a couple local here and, you know, all different types and, and uh, you know, just, just rally behind them and, and get behind them as well and keep them, uh, keep them above there. So um, uh, something similar to that, but uh, just, just go out and support them and, and uh, you know, let's keep them in business because they do play a, an extremely important role uh, in the industry, definitely. Uh, uh, and yeah. with production, you just said, I mean, it's amazing. Um, you know, we always think it's like the large chains and, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it's, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not, no, it's not the, nope. the small ones. There's this, those, mm-hmm. that's the bread and butter of the country. And, and those small yep. ones employ so many people. I mean, it's not just the mm-hmm. owners and the, the, the winery, Itself, but all the people in the chain, the the winemakers and the vineyardists and the oh, yeah. I don't know, I, I can't think of anything. But just all the other people on there, and if once you start patronizing them, once you start finding, them, it will help them and help everybody else, and we can keep them open, and we can 
muddle through this mess we're in right now and come out of it better on the other mm-hmm. side. So, and you might you but, might find something that that you never tried before, and uh, you know it could be a regular thing for you. So you know get out there now and and try something, um, and support the support the wineries uh, you know like we're talking about and. Uh, you know, you'll find something that you enjoy, and and you, you make it a regular regular thing too. So um, exactly, yeah, just, yeah uh, good point. Go out there, Very and, good point. Go out there and taste, taste them, and uh, they are um, interested in your business. So let's uh, go they are. to them. That's right. Um, let's see. So what else? I that's guess I guess to leave so. you with tonight. You know, visit your yeah. local winery town. That's your homework for this next week. Come back next week, and I yeah. want to hear. I want to have good homework. Okay. Yeah. I pledge that uh, between now and next Thursday. Next Thursday, I will buy local wine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Don't have to buy cases. By local local wine, if you go to somebody like Total Wines and More or uh, uh, ABC Liquors or something like that, are you still getting the local wines there, or or are they pretty much, you know, the big box of? of, Okay. Yeah, you can you can find some. It, it not all of them are represented, but you can find some of them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, it's it just depends on if they have enough production to put it in the system and let the distributors put it out in the stores and all that. I I'm mm-hmm. not a big fan of putting the wines out in distributors because of different factors, and I never. But. And, you know, actually we had our own distributor's license, so we could take care of it also. But the right. uh, uh, the real small wineries, not a lot of those are distributed. You can find some and the, yeah. the small, medium, like that list I just read you, the the ones were, that were next to the smallest. Those are the ones that were uh, the the limited production ones are the ones that are the real small ones that you don't see represented. Whereas the very small, the yeah. small, a lot of times are represented in the chain stores and stuff like that. Right. Well, and I know the experience is going to be a lot different too. Uh, you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're kind of like uh, walking into a Walmart versus, you know, someone's, uh, um, the setting and everything is is completely different than than walking into a major box store for a, for a you know wine or, or you know even if you go do regular shopping it's a totally different uh, totally different thing um, right. and you'll learn you know quite a bit you'll be there where the you know the winemaker is doing his thing as well or her thing uh, as well so you know there's there's always that it's the whole experience more than you know just walking in grabbing yeah. a bottle and leaving you know you get the whole the whole thing out of it so whole experience and, and out of it. And don't get it at your grocery store. It's nice, you know, the convenience of the grocery store when you go do your weekly shopping now. But, you know, make a little bit of effort to try to get it from a local winery. Yeah. Yeah. Support them directly. That's the best best yes. option. Um, but uh, if you're not close enough to one, because there are some that are kind of out there. Um, really yep. look around though, because there there are some that you'll you'll be surprised at how you know. Oh, I didn't know there was one down the road here. <laughs> you know? That's true. I forgot what that blueberry one was in Haines City or something, or right down the road. And I thought I didn't know there was a a blueberry farm and a and a winery down the road. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, and and it's, that's all over the country. Go to uh, what's my website that I used to always go to. I, I've got a blank now. 
the directory one? Catch wine or yeah, yeah, catch wine. Yeah, catch wine. Okay. Uh, go to that one, and that's going to show you everything that's around you. Just punch in your state, and mm-hmm. uh, it will it will start showing just about everything one around there. And like, you know, or you can go to a site called WineriesByState.com. I don't think there is as uh, comprehensive as the other, but there is uh, a lot of different ones out there that you can go to that will give you a list of the wineries that are in your area. And once once you start checking those out, you will be surprised, like Mike just said, or you'd be surprised at how close a lot of them are and some you've never heard of and never thought about. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, show some support. This is a as good a time uh, to show that and and enjoy a, a a good bottle from you know maybe some place you have frequented before or that you haven't been to in a while. And um, if you if you've never been there, you'll you'll find something you like. So uh, give them a give them a try. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. We will close uh, we'll close the show out tonight uh, for the twenty third of April. We'll be back uh, April the thirtieth last day of the month. So um, thank you for tuning in uh, either live or in the archives. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you all next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time on blog talk radio and our Facebook live page at facebook.com forward slash all about wine BTR. Be safe. Drink lots of wine. Yep. Stay healthy. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.